And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. How are you doing? I'm not too shabby yourself. <laughs> I have a cold, but I am. I'll be oh, fine. No. <laughs> it is a cold, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did get myself tested. I was afraid. <laughs> yeah, do do be careful. It yeah. is. Uh, it is fast spreading, as yeah. uh, we will know in our first keyword, I presume. All right. So this is why there is some room for concern. Let's take a look at our COVID nineteen situation in the country. This is our first keyword of the day. COVID surge. So Korea's new coronavirus cases have nearly tripled in the space of 24 hours, adding to concerns over the spread of the new Omicron subvariant. So what's the latest? What are the latest numbers? Right. Well, as of 9 p.m. yesterday, there were just over 70,000 cases. It is the highest tally for this nine-hour window, i.e. midnight to 9 p.m. since April 26. And it remains to be seen... Whether, we'll, whether we will see more infections for the rest of the week or if this is just a, a one-time thing for uh, cases being reported today. Now, considering more tests are done during the week, the daily tally is likely to increase uh, or hover around the 60,000 to 70,000 mark. We'll mm. have to see. Mm. Um, now, the average daily caseload over the past week was uh, just over 37,500. So it just goes to show how much of a jump we've had during mm. a very short space of time. Um, eased virus curbs and this BA.5 Omicron subvariant, they're all being blamed for the latest uptick. Uh, BA.5 accounted for 35, uh, nearly a third of total cases in the second week of July. That's up 28% uh, from a week earlier. Meanwhile, 11 more deaths were also reported. Um, the number of critically ill patients was at 90, uh, was uh, up by 81. Uh, that's uh, up from the previous days, 71. Uh, health authorities also predict daily infections uh, could surge to over 200,000 next month. So it seems like we're not seeing the end of it and it hasn't peaked yet. Uh, uh-huh. We've had... A lot of warnings about a summertime uh, resurgence uh, before during the previous wave of infections. So it seems we still have some ways to go until we actually see the peak of this summer uh, wave. Now, to tackle the pandemic, the government, as we've mentioned uh, numerous times before, the government began allowing fourth COVID-19 shots for people aged 50 and older. That happened yesterday. It also applies to people aged 18 and older who have underlying health conditions. Uh, By the end of this month, the government plans to expand the number of the so-called one-stop treatment centres where Mm. you can get tested uh, and treated and prescribed medication all in one place at the same time. All right. So let's, uh, I guess, keep up with the vigilance, um, get tested if you find even the mildest of cold symptoms, which is how this started, too, for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I hope you do get better, though. Thank you very much. Let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Land Ministry Briefing. So the Land Minister Wan Yidong has given his policy briefing to President Yoon. Run us through what was discussed. Right. Well, Yoon asked Yoon, one, uh, sorry, Yoon asked mm. one make housing stability and housing welfare top priority tasks and the president also asked one to ensure balanced growth across regions and eased commuter traffic now this includes expanding transport networks including what's known as the great train express uh, commuter rail networks as mm. well as subways and expressways as well mm. uh, now he also asked for a faster opening of the dtx a line by about a year or two than scheduled so 
Uh, he definitely wants that railway to be uh, finished as quickly as possible. Now, there are uh, several lines, A, B, uh, and uh, so on, and according to the alphabet. Now, he also urged relevant parties to help in that effort as well. Mm. Uh, it's not just the land ministry that's involved in it. There's a host of other agencies and firms and whatnot that are involved. Uh, in regards to housing, the president urged for the solutions to the recent uh, shortage of uh, tons here, or this uh, security lease. Uh, right. There's been a bit of a shortage in it uh, and prices, of course, right. still at uh, record highs. That's also another issue the president asked to be resolved as well. Uh, the ministry apparently is working on a short term plan of increasing housing supply. But short term is the key word there. And that's why I vowed to continue monitoring the market to ensure housing stability and welfare as per the president's request. Uh, the president also further asked the minister to work for a second Middle East boom for Korean construction companies as mm. well. Um, that's when uh, a lot of Korean construction firms were involved in a lot of Middle Eastern construction projects. Mm. So there's a lot of um, construction projects, uh, for example, in Dubai that uh, had the help of Korean construction companies. Mm. Um, and he also called for improved public services and rational management at public corporations, mm. um, as well as enhanced safety uh, at construction sites. Uh, that's probably because of recent issues surrounding some accidents uh, mm. at uh, some construction sites as mm. well. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Korea-Japan relations. So Foreign Minister Park Jin met with his Japanese Foreign Minister, well, Japanese counterpart, uh, Yoshimasa Hayashi in Tokyo. It was the first such meeting in nearly five years. So as you mm -hmm. can imagine, uh, there was a lot of focus on what details came out of it. How did the meeting go? Well, it seemed pretty cordial and a uh, slightly light atmosphere. And the pair re reaffirmed the importance of uh, their bilateral ties, as well as three-way uh, cooperation and relationships with the United States uh, as well. They also agreed to work together uh, on the nuclear threat from North Korea. And they vowed to resolutely respond to further North Korea provocations while also keeping the door open for dialogue mm. uh, and, uh, and ensuring this flexible and open diplomatic approach, in their words. Uh, they also agreed for the need to resolve the dispute mm. over Japan's forced labor issue at an early date. Uh, at the heart of the dispute, of course, is uh, these are or are these uh, Korean court rulings that were made in 2018, which ordered two um, Japanese companies, uh, Nippon and Mitsubishi, to compensate forced Korean laborers. The Japanese companies have refused to comply with the rulings, uh, and Seoul's foreign ministry quoted Park as saying Korea would seek a resolution of the dispute before another ruling on compensation payments, and the Korea Supreme Court. Uh, is expected to make a final decision on liquidating the assets of these companies in either uh, August or September. And Tokyo has warned of serious repercussions if the orders are enforced. Mm. Now, according to the Japanese statement, Hayashi told Park that both sides need to build a constructive relationship based on the normalization of relations back in 1965. That's mm. kind of been what they've been reiterating when it comes to these uh, contentious issues between the two countries. Tokyo has long maintained that all compensation issues were settled then. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Pag also expressed his condolences on the former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's death. Uh, Pag is scheduled to stay in Japan through Wednesday, and uh, uh, he may meet Japanese Prime Minister uh, Fumio Kishida. Um, Pag also expressed support for Tokyo's efforts to bring back Japanese abducted 
uh, by North Korea decades ago as well. So it seems like there are efforts and some mm. uh, signs that relations could get better, but we've had these signs before and they haven't really improved. Uh, so there are a lot more skeptics than there are optimists, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll have to see. All right, with that, let's move on to another important meetup coming up. This is our fourth keyword of the day. Yellen in Seoul. So the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will meet with South Korean President Yoon Song yar and other senior officials in Seoul today. In fact, uh, what can we expect? Right. Well, ways to deal with economic conditions as well as uh, inflation will, of course, likely top the uh, agenda. The Treasury Department uh, said Yellen will push for a proposed cap on the price of Russian oil, as well as discuss efforts to address supply chain bottlenecks through what's known as friend shoring, which basically refers to a strategy uh, to break through a flurry of economic issues, such as the supply chain confusion and inflation uh, by strengthening cooperation between allies. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are also expected to discuss how to cap Russian crude oil prices as part of sanctions against Russia. Uh, Measures to impose independent sanctions on North Korea are also expected to be on the table. Um, She will also meet with Finance Minister Chu Gyeong-ho and the Bank of Korea Governor Lee Chang-yong as well. At the meeting with Chu, they are expected to talk about uh, global supply chain issues uh, as well as strengthening Russian sanctions and countermeasures against inflation, so basically similar agenda items as with the president. Um, Eyes are also on whether bilateral cooperation to ease this volatility that we've been seeing in the foreign exchange market uh, and discussions on the Korea-US currency swap will take place. Uh, However, Chu had previously stressed that uh, currency swaps are the role of the Fed, not the work of the US Treasury. And now uh, Janet Yellen was the... Mm. um, previous uh, Fed chair, right. so uh, it remains to be seen if that uh, issue might come up uh, or if a deal is discussed. But of course, as she mentioned, that is the job of the US Fed. Uh, Yellen is also expected to visit uh, LG Science Park uh, in Marok, which is in uh, Kangsa district, to deliver a speech to emphasize uh, the establishment of a supply chain with allies. And she is also scheduled to send a message about the importance of women's economic activities during a meeting with some 30 Korean female entrepreneurs and Mm. economists. All right, and let's move on to our final keyword of the day. Chip Dilemma. So Korean chip makers are under increasing pressure as the government considers joining a semiconductor alliance that is apparently aimed at countering China's growing influence in global supply chains. I mean, it is led by the United States, uh, mostly. Yeah, that's what that's part of the reason why this right. is such a, a delicate issue for uh, South Korea and why it's not really able to uh, kind of come up with a very prompt uh, decision yeah. at the moment. It is on the fence. And the U.S. government has reportedly recently asked Seoul officials to respond to its invitation to join this chip alliance or chip four by the end of next month. So it's giving them uh, somewhat of a, a kind of a short time frame. Now, working-level talks are expected to also start soon as well. Now, this CHIP4, led by the U.S. and proposed in March, it is a strategic alliance of four global chip powerhouses that also includes Japan and Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the U.S. is a basically a leading player in the making of the most advanced chips. Japan takes the lead in supplying the key materials as well as equipment. Korea and Taiwan, they boost, uh, or boast rather, sorry, uh, manufacturing prowess. So that's why they want to make this kind of um 
a team of or their chip making a team if you will mm -hmm. now the korean alliance aims to recharge supply chains of chips from production to distribution among friendly nations uh, but the so-called chip four also comes at a time and of course the u.s is accelerating its actions against china right. uh the korea's uh korean government is on the fence about joining because of course korea chip makers such as samsung and sk hynix they rely a lot mm. on china in terms of exports as well as material supplies mm. as well um samsung for example has a production base in xian uh, that accounts for about 40 percent of its nand output sk also operates a DRAM plant in Ruxi that takes up about 50% of its total DRAM production mm. as well. So, of course, it's heavily reliant on China, right. um, not just in terms of exporting to the country, but in terms of production there as well and getting supplies as well as some raw materials from the country as well. That's why mm. uh, watchers are saying that Korea needs to tread lightly, of course, to avoid a backlash from China. It's not the first time that we've seen uh, some delicate issues, having some retaliations from China. Um, when Korea previously sided with the US, uh, it saw nationwide boycotts against Hyundai cars and Lotte stores, as well as other uh, economic uh, boycotts in China following uh, the decision to deploy this uh, THAAD missile system. Um, back then, Korean chip makers' uh, plants in China were able to continue uh, normal operations, but the circumstances are different now. That's because Chinese manufacturers are now improving their ability to produce NAND uh, to a level where China could gradually reduce its reliance on Korean producers in the coming years um, as well. So that's why Korea needs to be a bit wary of mm. where it stands. Uh, and the government is, of course, mm. uh, they acknowledge that as well. So mm. we'll have to see what decision uh, comes out, but they have until the end of August. Uh, mm. That's the time frame that uh, the U.S. has given Seoul. All right, so that's the chipmaker's dilemma. It is a delicate balance, as Adam has said. We'll have to wait until the month of August to figure out, well, what is the perfect balancing act? Thank you so much, Adam, for today's detailed coverage. <clears throat> we'll speak to you again tomorrow. You're very welcome. Hope you get well soon. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you very much. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.